I'm a Muslim and that's okay presents Gift of the Gab because everybody's got something to say. Hi everyone, may peace be on you all and welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and that's okay and welcome to another segment of The Gift of the Gab where I have some of the most interesting conversations because those are the conversations that I like having and today with me is my very special guest all the way from New Zealand I mean I say it all the way even though she hasn't gone anywhere but um, please welcome Helen King a fellow podcaster and she hosts the podcast actually multiple podcasts but I'm gonna just focus on one for today it's the C word how are you Helen I'm good I'm good thank you for having me no thank you for being with us and agreeing to have this gift of the gab conversation with me before I get into any anything else please give a brief introduction about yourself and um sorry I should have like gone into this before but the reason why I had Helen over is because not just because she's a podcaster, which is, I mean, she's, it's amazing. Um, but her podcast focuses on cancer. That is the C word she focuses on because Helen is a cancer survi- survivor. And with that preface, I'm going to hand it over to you, <laughs> Helen. Please tell us about yourself. Yeah, so um, The C Word is my podcast um, and I started last year, probably like so many people during um, lockdown here in New Zealand. Um, So I had cancer, I had breast cancer in 2018 and it was a, yeah, it was a very full-on experience. And so I started my podcast just as a way, I think, to talk to people about um, how cancer impacts you mm-hmm. and to have I guess you know more authentic and real conversations about cancer yeah yeah I mean and that's the thing that's where I sort of came into this um your podcast amongst other podcasts about cancer are such important narratives because even now even with we're in 2021 and we should <laughs> be more aware and um I think able to have conversations about cancer, but people are so uncomfortable with this. Why is that, Helen? Why are people so uncomfortable with cancer? You have to tell me. (laughs) I think because cancer forces us to think about our own mortality. Mm -hmm. And so for most people, when you mention cancer or the C Mm -hmm. word, they're instantly going to associate that with death because the thing is is that cancer does kill some people it is a nasty disease that uh, you know and we we don't all survive it so I think one of the discomforts is is Mm -hmm. that it forces that person to really consider their own mortality and they also don't want to have to sort of think about that person being I guess threatened by this disease um, but here's the thing, Helen, in my experience, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, the people who are closest to cancer patients, they are more accepting of the disease than somebody who's just a random stranger. That's what I think it sort of boggles me that somebody who, if you told them that you are a cancer survive, survivor, 
they become instantly mm. so uncomfortable with this that they don't want to speak to you about it. Why do you think that is? Well, it's really interesting because I would say the the opposite's true. Really? I would say that pe- yeah, you have to tell yeah, us. I, yes. Yeah. I think that people who are close to an individual who is going through cancer treatment mm-hmm. or is being diagnosed by cancer um it's often a very confronting thing to be going through right. and um I know my experience was that you sometimes find yourself actually having to um I guess almost counsel somebody else about oh what's going on or um or sort of managing other people's emotions right. because it's a it is such a confronting thing because a, a lot of people experience when they're going through cancer um losing friends because people right. don't know how to cope with it they don't know what to do they don't know what to say and they just right. sort of disappear and then they they right. may right. reappear when you get better and then the strangest people like people that you went to school with 20 years ago will right. be amazingly supportive it's right. it's a really interesting experience yeah but that's the thing helen um and from your experience how does a person who's going through a condition um and i think if you could clarify for those who are listening and viewing this um do you view cancer as a disease or a condition? I think um, most people don't understand the difference between the two. So if you could clarify, how would you define cancer? I would say it's a disease. Okay. I would say for some people, it becomes a chronic illness. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so when a person is suffering from cancer, when they have this disease, they're going through so much themselves why do they have to handle other people's emotions as well i think i think that that when you said that it just broke my heart <laughs> that, I, that literally because please if you could tell my audience some of the things that you have been through with cancer to give a more I think rounded perspective because I think when people think about cancer it's like oh they have cancer they will go to chemotherapy the most they know is that you lose hair you you mm. seem sick but I don't think that is the totality of it so please could you tell us some of your experience if you're comfortable with it yeah yeah I think I feel like the main thing people need to understand about cancer and just also being aware that cancer is actually such a, a varied disease you know mm-hmm. It's an umbrella term, right. really, for multiple diseases. Right. So I had breast cancer and I had HER2-positive breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So when they test your um, tumours, they um, they test for different things. Usually they right. look for, were you estrogen-positive, progesterone, or HER2-positive? And I was only HER2-positive. Right. So my cancer is probably different even from right. someone else who had you know other types of and breast cancer right. and so uh, what I I think that um, one of the most important things for people to realize is that um, we do experience different things right. but your cancer or having cancer does not leave you once um, treatment is finished right. and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people that I've spoken to and it was certainly mm-hmm. my experience is that you go through this really intense um, 
time of right. you know your diagnosis your treatment and right. you know for me that was all up 18 months right. um and your whole life is consumed by by this and then right. you kind of get spat out the other end of the medical system oh my gosh. and you have to you know you're trying to put yourself back together again right people to, oh you're better now right you're you're you've been fixed you're it's gone away hasn't oh my it? And gosh so it's it's I think it's quite hard for people to kind of understand that the impact of having a cancer diagnosis is often lifelong right right yeah but that's the thing Helen mm. you're the one going through this I think mm. uh what what gets to me the most is that um, we're bystanders in all of this, but the person who's going through the cancer is the person who is actually going through this. If I could ask you, like in terms of these mm. um, these relationships, what was the most hurtful thing that you found out after you got diagnosed in terms of the kind of relationships that sort of emerged? Yeah, I mean, I lost friends. Like, I mm -hmm. have a group of people that had been part of my life for quite a long time that I just don't have a relationship with anymore. Right. Um, and then other people who really, I guess, stepped up at the time and, right. and really supported me, I definitely have kept those friendships in it, and they're probably a lot closer. Right. Um, so I guess, yeah, it was just people who... I don't know whether they just couldn't cope with having a friend that had cancer or right. then afterwards found it hard that, you know, you then have this really long recovery process. Right. Um, but people just sort of drop away. Right, and it's, right, right. Um, yeah, that's the only way I can really describe it is that, yeah, having people that may have been quite close to you right. um, all of a sudden just yeah they stop texting they stop calling they stop inviting you out right. um and all of those things and that again is actually a very common experience for people wow. who've gone through cancer or yeah or people and their loved ones and what is one of the most when people find out that you have cancer it could be anybody um what is the most common reaction they have to to this not information but the fact that you've gone through cancer what is the most common thing that you have to encounter and what's the funniest thing you've ever heard, had somebody tell you because of it oh. <laughs> um you get a different thing so most people are really shocked you know right. I was 37 and so right. you know I was young to have a cancer diagnosis right. you know most people would be over 55 65 to, right. to get a cancer diagnosis and so shock really is the most right. common thing um or just yeah they can't believe it they're really upset um right. I think the worst thing the worst thing you can do to someone who's just told you that you have cancer is to tell them about your aunt uncle neighbor <laughs> colleague who has also had cancer and either died from oh my cancer. gosh that's terrible or, <laughs> yeah or say oh my friend had stage four lymphoma and they were fine and you oh. think well that's fantastic but i don't have lymphoma it's yeah. totally different cancer. And, and I so think, you get those people right right 
that's the thing as as you'd mentioned before because cancer is not all the same thing i think people do make that mistake that it's one thing but it's not it's yeah. so many different diseases as you had mentioned before and yeah. um what advice have you ever gotten like yeah it's you must have gotten some advice about cancer that <laughs> that it makes no Everything. sense I can imagine it's kind of like I've never been pregnant but I imagine right. this is people who've had children can probably relate to this where you just get everything you get <laughs> you shouldn't eat sugar you should do a juice cleanse you should do oh this diet you should do this you should do that and you get inundated with so I mean some of it is really well-meaning you know right. people who really want to help and then some of right. it is just like you know and so you get all of that sort of stuff that I you know I just imagine that you know if you're pregnant you'll probably get the same thing (laughs) but you get all sorts of really weird advice you mean kale doesn't cure cancer Helen it doesn't it doesn't (laughs) no no it really doesn't oh my gosh but I can I can so see that happening now um you have gone through breast cancer did you have a mastectomy yes I had a full right-sided mastectomy and I had a lot of lymph nodes removed um so I haven't had any reconstruction um so I usually wear a a breast prosthesis um yeah so I am one boob now (laughs) and what I want to ask is and this is one of those things um I think especially with breast cancer I think Mm. a lot of people in general but women specifically they they do grieve this did you grieve this that you had to go through a mastectomy because uh, the the, the reason uh, the reason I asked this because it's very um I guess I don't know it's not like even from recent times but a lot of women associated being a woman with having breasts even though that's not how that works so that's why I wanted to ask did you grieve this I don't know that I grieved my breast per se it was pretty Mm -hmm. confronting to not have one that was was actually that was quite difficult I think the grief is around the life that you had right and so it's things like for me like my whole body shape changed. I could right. no longer wear the clothes that I had worn before. Right. Um, I couldn't wear a bra with a prosthesis in it for a really right. long time because I had a lot of trouble with one of the wounds from where I had a drain because you have oh, drains wow. after you have a mastectomy. Um, and so I had to just sort of get used to only, you know, to be public and only wearing one, you know, and only having one breast. And... So I think the grief is around you lose yourself, you mm-hmm. lose the person you were, and that never comes back. And so right. it's kind of like having to accept a new body and just a new way of being, like your new normal, whatever that is. Um, right. And that, to me, is the grief. It's not so much the breast. I'm kind of used to that now, but yeah. And if you had some advice for somebody, because there would be people listening who are going through the same thing that you have already been through, that how do you heal Mm. from that? Because it's a very hard thing for somebody like me that 
you know, we take a lot of things for granted. But to be suddenly、mm. thrust into that, how do you sort of bring yourself to the point where you say it's okay?、Mm. It is really hard because society expects you just to be better and to get、right. fixed. And I think、right. I would imagine sort of.、Um, Parts of American culture are probably like、mm-hmm. this too, where you should not show emotion. You know,、right. like outward displays of of emotion and grief、right. and things are, are not okay. And I think that、um, part of the discomfort with other people when you talk about cancer is that. They can't quite get their head around that. Oh, that was three years ago. Why aren't you better now? Right, and so,、right. my advice to anyone is to find people who are in the cancer community and are going、right. through the same thing, and talk about it there, because、right. they will understand. You know, other people don't understand this. They don't right, get right. that. It, you don't suddenly become better once you stop chemo and your hair grows back and things.、Right. It is. It's a process. It is a process、right. of grieving, and I think, you know, I really struggled in the first sort of, I guess, nine months after、um, everything ended because I、mm-hmm. just didn't know what to do with myself. And、right. what has helped is talking about it with people who understand, because、right. they will take that and honour it and treat it as sacredly、right. as it needs to, rather than some of you know that toxic positivity where、yeah. people will say, "Oh, you know, it'll be okay," but because it's actually okay not to be. It's okay、yeah. to grieve your old life and、right. to be angry that this happened. I don't、right. think that means that we're dwelling. I think、right. that to heal, we need to expose the uncomfortable stuff and acknowledge that it's there. Right. Yeah. Right. What is one advice you would give to anybody who, like me, regular, average, Joe, Joanne, whatever you want to,、uh, however you want to put it,、um, yeah, when they are having a conversation with somebody who has cancer, like what is it they they should not do, or what is it that they should do? I think I can never remember what this is called. But there is a、um, diagram for people who are going through hard things, whether it's like a loss of a parent or、right. a divorce or、right. yeah, cancer. And so that person is in the middle, and then the next layer out is their immediate family or loved ones, partners,、right. that sort of thing. And then the circle out from there maybe their friends, and then so on. And right, so right. the. The idea behind this circle is that the person in the middle can can talk, you know, give out their emotion as such. Right, right. But people can't give into it if that makes sense. And so, what、right. I suggest is that if you're really upset about your friend's cancer diagnosis, you can say、right. to them, "Hey, look, I'm really. That's really bad." Or Yes, I you know <laughs> I swear too much, but it's it's a really I'm really sorry to hear that I am that's、right. you know if you feel bad about it, right? But then if you to take that emotion and then talk to maybe your partner and tell、right. them how upset you are,、right. and if you need to cry maybe. So that's the idea of that circle is that you're not feeding an emotion to. To the who person who、it. is already going through so much. Yeah, yeah, and so then their family members probably need support and so、right. on. So 
and I think that actually the things that can that are the best thing to do for someone who's had cancer, having cancer, mm-hmm. or you know maybe had the death of a loved one, anything, is to do really practical things. So right. if they have children, offer to take their children out for an afternoon, right, right. babysit for them, right. offer to do their cleaning for them, right. offer to send them a meal every Monday night. Right, right. Often it, it's actually those really practical things that can help because when you are in it, when you have just been diagnosed or you're going through treatment, you're often so focused on surviving. Right. You can't cope with those interactions. Right. Yeah. But if you, I think some of the best things people did for me, so I had some really, um, you know, some close friends who, when I felt okay, they'd come and pick me up and take me for coffee. Oh, that's nice. And that was really nice. And so it was a really normal sort of thing to do. So those are the things that I recommend. I think that it can be really, um, people say, oh, let me know what I can do to help. And you know, they're never going to do anything. That's not going to happen. So so just offer something practical. Hey, I'd really like you to send you a meal. Hey, I'd really like to do your housework for you. Right, right. And um, is your cancer in remission, Helen? I think so. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. And uh, no, I mean, the only reason I ask that is that, um, as you had said, and this is the hard part about this, that is not something that people like thinking about, that it is something that you do have. It's your reality now. It is your yeah. reality yeah. that you do have to keep going back and keep checking. Yeah. Um, the the thing, and I know you, and I hope you or anybody else who's going through cancer never have to experience this, but let's be realistic about this. There mm-hmm. are people who are terminal with cancer for whom suddenly it comes back with a vengeance Mm. and ultimately it will, it will take their life. Yes. For them and for the people around them, would, do you have advice for the people around them that this person is legitimately dying? Yes. What is the kindest, best thing that you can do for them? I think it goes back to, and I'm, I'm sure this has a proper name, is that circle. <laughs> it's thinking, how can I support this person, um, whether it is that practical stuff, because I know that people right. with um, metastatic cancer often right. can feel like people just sort of disappear. And it's and especially for their loved ones, the caregivers, mm-hmm. people often forget how hard it is for them because they're yes. in the thick of it. So I think that offering practical stuff is the best thing to do mm-hmm. um, in those situations, especially if they do have children or they right. have a partner, you know, that the biggest stress will be on them. Um or just spend time with them because I know right. that um, for a lot of people who are facing terminal cancer, they do really focus in on, I just want to make memories. So right. maybe you right. want to make a memory with them. Maybe you yeah. want to, you know, so I, I would think about it in that way and don't be, don't be scared about talking about death because this is the thing is it is going to happen. I, and it that's, is the, that's the frightening. That's the thing. Yeah. I, that's what I wanted to ask you. 
How do we convince people to talk about death? This is, nobody wants to talk about it. Like no, it doesn't don't. matter no. what it is. Nobody wants to talk about it. How do you convince mm. people to talk about death, especially when it comes to people, uh, uh, cancer patients who are terminal? Because the mm. perception is, oh, the person knows they're dying. They don't want to talk about death. But is that true? Yeah. No, it's not at all. And I would ask, it would be that simple thing of, hey, do you want to talk about this? Mm-hmm. And hold space for them. And right. what I mean for that is you do not need to fix this for them. Right. You don't need to offer advice. You don't right, need, right. you just let them say, I'm really frightened or actually mm. I feel okay. It's that we don't need to fix people who have terminal cancer. Is that you just just ask just say to them right. do you want to talk about the fact that this is terminal and if they say nope <laughs> talk about something else talk about right. i don't know cats or something right right like right that. right yeah no mm. i think i mean that's the thing that is why i wanted to talk to you helen because um even now we are so uncomfortable with cancer even though yeah. it's uh, i mean i wish i had more statistics with me it is not as uncommon as people think um but we still don't know how to navigate this no no and i that's what i want you to to tell us like us even those who are cancer cancer patients who may be listening mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. do they navigate this how do they i I think that that's the other thing I want to ask you. How do you navigate the loss of people you were once thought were friends? That I mean, I can't even imagine. Like how does uh, somebody yeah. who's going through a, a a very scary situation navigate something like this? It is really challenging, for sure. And I mean, I think the thing that I live with every day is a fear mm-hmm. of reoccurrence because I had right. a very aggressive cancer and it was right. in my lymph nodes. And right. so the profile wasn't great, you know. Um, right, right. And so you are constantly navigating the fear of reoccurrence, the, mm-hmm. the loss of your old life, the, right. you know, all of these things. And I think the um the main advice is is that you have to find somewhere to talk about it that feels safe and that is right. often with other people who have been through it in fact right. it, so <laughs> that's the only space i right. found um and you have to allow yourself to grieve i am someone who likes things to happen really quickly i want mm. to be better now i want to be fixed now and right. so i i pushed myself a lot in that first year and then what i realized is that unfortunately what i was going to need was time right. and the and to allow myself to grieve what had happened and to allow myself to um get to a point of acceptance that this is right. this thing happened and it was actually really um unpleasant and it had mm. a huge impact on my life um right. and i think when we allow ourselves time and space to grieve and heal that's i think that's the best thing we can do for ourselves right yeah right now if you had to um like what do you see when you've had conversations with other cancer patients other cancer survivors what do you see as 
the point of hope for all of all the people that you've talked with and what you yourself have experienced in terms of the things that are what you have now versus what you could have had before yeah that's really tough that's a really tough question because there's no denying that um cancer takes stuff away from you mm-hmm. um and i know that i was actually thinking about this because you know my podcast has been a fantastic thing to come out of cancer right, right. and sometimes i've joked like oh you know um almost worth getting cancer for <laughs> Because I I love what I do and I love connecting with people. But Mm -hmm. if I could turn it back and never have got cancer, I would quite happily have never had cancer. Like it's not something. For me personally, I don't say, oh, cancer was this amazing gift and now I've learned all these things. That's just me. Some people do. Some people, I have met people who took it as this experience to totally reinvent themselves and right. I admire people like that but I'm not that person right. um, and so I guess you don't have to take anything from it, you can okay. just see it as this really yeah. awful thing that happened yeah. that you just want to sort of move away from for me I, I, I tr- yeah and that's the thing, I think most people need to understand this This comes from this whole toxic positivity culture and again it's not to slam anybody who says that cancer brought something good into their life that's not it every i Mm. literally am in no position to say anything of the sort but i do think people have this thing oh that this this so-and-so person went through it and they came out so much brighter on the other side but it doesn't it can't be that way for everybody because it cancer takes a toll on every aspect of your life. Yeah. And you yeah. have the right to say that this was awful and I would mm. not want it to happen to me if like if if you asked me like if I could turn back time and have it not happen to me, I don't yeah. want it happening to me. It's fine. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how I feel because I I think that it's so easy to sort of say, oh, you know, it's a, you know, it's this thing that I've had to learn. And I just, to me, I think, no, it's not. In fact, if I hadn't have got cancer, my life would have just carried on down down whatever path that was. Right. You know, and it's really difficult because at the moment we are going through IVF because I hadn't had children. Right. And so to me, that's another thing of I'm a 40 year old mm. woman trying to have a child because we can't right. do it naturally because I think right. that the chemo zapped my ovaries. And so if we don't have children, it's because of the cancer. Right. You know, and I know that there could be miracles and we could think positively <laughs> and all of those no, things. No, but that's the thing. That's what people, yeah. people miss this. They don't understand mm. that the overall impact of it is so consuming it was not just breast cancer that you had helen it was something that took over that that still has control over so much of your life and that's what people fail to understand and you know yeah yes go ahead please I was just thinking it really is because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I'm I still get a lot of pain 
and right. you're sort of like you're always aware it's always right. there you can't just forget about it because I, I see my scar every day I have mm-hmm. lymphedema in my right um I have these pains and it's mm-hmm. and so you can't just sort of go oh I'm having a day where cancer doesn't pop into right. my head because it is always there and you are always aware of the impact yeah right no amount of inspirational quotes is going to fix that Helen no no <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, I, I want to thank you, Helen, for really having this conversation with me um, because I've been wanting to, um, again, cancer is something that impacts all of us either personally or through someone we love. My father went mm-hmm. through colon cancer and mm-hmm. I know that it is something, uh, I mean, not just for the person who is going through it, but my mother was his primary caregiver and again mm. it had a huge impact on her life too because yeah everything gets turned on its head who was the one that was with you by your side helen when you were going through this yeah so i lived by myself at the time which i think was probably oh, quite wow a good thing. oh my yeah. god helen <laughs> um so i do i did I have a partner and right. we actually had been together for about six months before I was diagnosed. So he did, wow. he was there for all of it. Right. Um, and my mum really, um, like she took me to everything, oh, wow. um, chemo and, and radiation. Oh, no, I took myself to radiation. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm You're brave, Helen. You're brave. And, oh, wow. I I find it so funny now because I think that's so ridiculous because in my <laughs> head I'm going well I have to drive there every day and it's in rush hour traffic so I can just do it I think those bonkers drive yourself to radiation every day <laughs> wow but it, it's a testament yeah. to you Helen if you can do that <laughs> here they are like several people like they're afraid to get the COVID vaccine because they're going to get a bit of a flu and arm ache and you're driving yourself to get radiation good god yeah, Helen exactly exactly I had my COVID I had my first COVID vaccine on the weekend and I just think I have had all sorts of poisons pumped into me this this can't do jack to you and you didn't even get 5g like signaling within you I mean I'm so disappointed they can't track me No, but, you know, thank you so much, Helen, for talking to me about this. And please tell my audience where they can find the C word and your website, social media, everything. So they can hear your story through your words. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm the C word underscore radio and the C word radio on Facebook as well. I'll have to give you my website link. That's all right. Like, We've got enough okay. now. We, we, yeah. we have yeah. enough to, to hear your stories, Helen. No, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who ha- heard my discussion with Helen. You know, I hope that we can start a conversation where people can really begin to think less emotionally and more logically when they come face to face with the reality that cancer exists and people who go through cancer are not necessarily people who are 
hopeless or broken, but there are people who are going through a very difficult struggle. And I think as a collective, we need to be there for everybody. It doesn't matter whether it's not just about cancer, about anything. But I think because we're focusing on cancer, that's one of those things that we need to be there for other people who are going through this thing, not just them, everybody around them who are impacted by it. So thank you so much for everybody who were watching on YouTube this episode and everybody listening on my podcast. Take care of yourself and may peace be on you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.